in your face. We do have a content warning on our first interview. People can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or QLife on 1800 184 527. Well, SASH will be launched next Tuesday. It's a national online forum and resource hub for LGBTIQA plus folks bereaved by suicide. It was developed by Jesuit Social Services in close collaboration with Switchboard Victoria. On the line, we have Dr. Louise Flynn from Jesuit Social Services. Louise, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be here, Jane. It's a really vital program. It's a national online forum and resource hub. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, what we uh, recognised through our um, work with Switchboard was that there really was not enough in the way of um, reliable information for LGBTQIA plus community uh, people who were bereaved by suicide. We just really saw that there wasn't enough information, there wasn't enough in the way of services. So we applied for some money from uh, the federal government and um, so for the past year or so, we've been working towards our launch on Tuesday. So what's going to be launched on Tuesday is an information hub with some information about the experience of losing someone to suicide, how to how to respond to that, how to cope with that, um, and with, but with a particular emphasis on the LGBTQIA plus community. And I think the other really important piece of this website is that it will have an online discussion forum. So that's um, people will register and then enter into this online space where they can engage with other people from community who've lost someone to suicide. So it'll be about sharing experiences, learning from each other, supporting each other, um, yeah, helping each other. So very much peer support other people with lived experience who deeply understand the experience and what the needs are. And so that's that creation of an online space. So uh, people from across Australia will be able to connect with others who are going through this experience and support each other and feel accepted, feel a sense of belonging. But, I mean, we really know that the experience of bereavement after suicide can be very isolating and that people from community have some additional experiences often that can be uh, difficult, challenging, sometimes quite negative. So this will be a welcoming, accepting, uh, supportive space online. And I know it is very welcomed by the community uh, and that peer support is vital. All the research shows that people going through bereavement need that peer support and it's often lacking, especially in the LGBTIQA space. Yeah, that's right. It, it, there hasn't been enough recognition of the that experience and there hasn't been enough offered Um to assist and support with that experience. So uh, we are just so pleased to have been given the funds and to have worked with 
uh, switchboard, Victoria, in um, developing it. One of the, the key things that's been really important in this development of SASH is that we've worked closely with a lived experience advisory group. So people from the LGBTQI plus community who are bereaved by suicide, um, there were meetings asking, we asked people what they needed, what they wanted. Um, they helped us with the design, um, with the content, told us what was important, what wasn't important. So um, it's been really led and guided by the, the people who are going to be using it. When the community told you what was important, what were some of the things that jumped out? Uh, that it was safe and welcoming, that um, the way it looked, um, that it... Um, I mean, one of the things we know when people are bereaved is that they're quite sensitive and so it needed to be uh, sort of a soft landing space in terms of the illustrations, in terms of the colours. So even that um, that sort of advice on the design was really important. Um, yeah, so that was one of the most um, important things. We kind of knew some of that already, but it was just great to hear from people and just say it needs to be a soft landing space. It needs to be uh, sensitive yeah, and so we've had a lot of help with, say, the illustrations on the site um, and guidance in the colours, yeah. And, um, yeah, and also just on, yeah, what's valuable about the support that they need from each other, yeah. And it must be really great for you to be involved in this project that has worked so closely with the community and to be able to deliver what the community wants. I mean, I can just hear it in your voice. It must, it, it sounds like it's a great relief to be able to deliver something like this for the community because you know how badly it is needed. Yeah, look, that's right. And we're, um, I mean, Support After Suicide um, has been operating since, 2005 and what we've heard particularly in the last few years is that while our service is welcoming it's a mainstream service so while it's welcoming for LGBTQI plus community there was still something sort of missing um, that really uh, spoke to the folks who we want to be able to connect with there was still that sense of, as a mainstream service, that perhaps um, there wasn't a full understanding about the experience. So being able to really actively engage with the lived experience advisory group and really hear uh, what was necessary um, was was very valuable. Um, yeah, and that relationship with Switchboard uh, was very helpful in that, yeah. I remember talking to Joe Ball, the CEO of Switchboard, before the mm. federal election in 2022. And Joe was very much saying that, you know, services around suicide, bereavement, support for our community was very much needed. Uh, so it's great that the federal government's listened and delivered the funding to enable it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think... Increasingly, there is an awareness that 
this is a community that needs specific services with a specific understanding, uh, very specific knowledge and ways of being that really um, meet the needs of the community. Um, it's, um, yeah, I think that there are very specific um, experiences and challenges and so very tailored services need to be, to be developed in order to um, connect with, um, be able to engage uh, sensitively and um, authentically with community. And it must create a pathway of support for people as well. So it's not like they go on the the online forum and connect with people and then go away and there's nothing. There's there's actually a pathway forward to access other services and to continue to connect with people. Yes, that's right. So um, there will be other information on the site about where people can go for specific support other services that they can connect with. So there'll be good information about the experience and what's helpful, but also uh, part of the site will be a resource hub where um, other services, if people need other things, um, either professional services or peer support groups, that information will be there. And um, the other thing that's going to be on the website as well is um, people sharing their stories um, so that, again, that's that sense of connection. But you're right, James, there's going to be um, uh, good, reliable, up-to-date information about where people can go as um, they can be on the site, get support there, but also connect with other supports as well. And to be able to tell their story must be a relief as well in that kind of safe space, safe environment. Because I imagine for a lot of people who are already isolated, they don't feel safe being able to tell their story, but perhaps want to. And I mean, the the health benefits of being able to express that must be enormous. Well, I think um, having a place where people will listen and will care is incredibly important in the experience of bereavement. It can be so isolating, so lonely, and to be able to speak what your experience is, to be heard, to be understood, to be accepted, is incredibly helpful in terms of learning how to live with this um, very often devastating loss. Yeah. And also, I mean, people were, were locked down for a long time, so they were isolated during during the during the lockdowns. And it's funny, isn't it? You know, like on one on the one hand, we're a very connected world online, but on the other hand, it can be very isolating spending a lot of time online because there isn't that sense of safety where people perhaps feel like they can talk about things. So to have an online space that delivers this is just I mean, I can't, you know overstate the benefits of it. Yeah, and um, the site is going to be um, moderated, so there's going to be peer supporters who will be um, engaging on the site as well, sharing their experience, responding to people. Um, So again, increasing that um, sense of safety um, 
we do really need it to be a welcoming and very safe space where people can share their experience. So there'll be peer moderators engaging on the site and um, checking in with people um, if they need to. You know, if someone is um, seeming like they are very isolated or um, really in quite a lot of distress, um, there can be an opportunity to check in with people and see if they do need perhaps some additional support. Yeah. Tell us about the more about the journey that, that created this. Uh, I imagine it's been months and months and months of work. Was it hard to get it over the line with government? Can you tell us a bit about those internal machinations, the lobbying to get the funding uh, to enable the project to happen? Look, in the end, it wasn't that difficult. It was quite a, um, a detailed written submission where I think we demonstrated the need. And I do think there is some, you know, as I said before, some increasing acknowledgement that very specific services are needed. So in the end, it wasn't so difficult, thankfully. Um, And, uh, yeah, as I said, I do think there is, you know, in some, um, you know, government departments... And there is an acknowledgement of the need uh, for very specific services that, um, uh, you know, by and for the LGBTQI plus community. So, it was, you know, it was a fairly detailed submission, but we certainly demonstrated the need. And also um, with Jesuit Social Services and Switchboard working together, Um, and we've worked on projects before, so we had a demonstrated sort of history of working well together uh, to create good, good projects. Well, it really is a vital project. It's called SASH. It launches next Tuesday, the 5th of December, I think around 1 o'clock. And uh, you can go to sash.org.au after the launch to access to access it, Louise, before we wind up, is there anything that you would like to add about this vital service, vital forum? Well, just thank you for this opportunity to speak and also because this is the sort of thing we want to be able to reach out and connect with people who would benefit from the site. Yes, yeah, so from about, uh, it is a bit later in the afternoon, about 2 o'clock um, on Tuesday afternoon, it's going to be um, live and, um, yeah, we want to really get the word out. And so thanks for this opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us and congratulations to Switchboard and Jesuit Social Services for delivering this much-needed resource for the LGBTIQA plus community. Dr Louise Flynn, great to chat. Yeah, thanks, James. 3CR In Your Face would like to thank Thorn Harbour Health for their sponsorship of this program. Thorn Harbour Health envisions a healthy future for our gender, sex and sexuality diverse communities, a future without HIV, and a future where all people live with dignity and respect. To find out more, search Thorn Harbour Health on your search engine or Facebook. <laughs> 